Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ladies of Kamikaze podcast, where in each episode, we tackle different aspects of popular culture, including gaming, comics, movies, and more. We talk about what works, what doesn't, and our vision for a more inclusive space for everyone. It seems that every time we turn around, there's some sort of reboot or remake announced. In this episode, we're going to talk about our society's apparent obsession with nostalgia and bringing back beloved properties from the dead. Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today we are talking about nostalgia. This is Valerie, and joining me we have... Sarah, Savannah, and Tracy. Hey ladies, uh, thanks for joining me for the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, the topic that we're talking about today is nostalgia. Let's start at the very beginning. So, what is nostalgia, right? Anybody care to start with sort of like a basic definition so that we all sort of have a baseline of what we're talking about? Warm, uh, it's the warm fuzzies you feel when you remember something. That's perfect. <laughs> I think that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Because who doesn't like to feel warm fuzzies? Especially things that come from like childhood or your teenage years. Mm-hmm. Like right. It reminds you of a happy time of your life, yes. right? A, usually in the past, a time where you were safe and happy. And, and now the other thing to sort of mention about nostalgia, and we'll get into this a little bit more, is... When we talk about nostalgia too, it does make you remember a time in your life, but you know, people have a way of remembering things perhaps in more rosy ways than those things really were, mm-hmm. which is why like nostalgia itself can sometimes have a negative connotation. We have noticed, and I'm sure everyone else has because there's articles about it and everyone's talking about it, is that um, in the sort of current world of popular culture, everything old is new again, right? We are continuously seeing remakes. Yeah, exactly. Reboots, remakes. Um, reboot of reboot. <laughs> oh my gosh, there is a reboot of reboot. So all of the, the nerds who are listening right now are like, reboot, oh my God, I remember that show. Yeah, there's a show. <laughs> um, but, and and also too, while we're, de- while we're defining our baselines, let's also talk about the difference between a remake and a reboot. Right. Right. So who wants to do the definition of those? Well, I think a reboot is kind of fully starting it over, but maybe going off in a somewhat different direction. Like I'd consider um, the new Shira series to be a reboot. Yes. Yes. I think TV series are more often rebooted. Mm -hmm. A remake is a pretty straight telling of the same story. You're, you're hitting the same major points. And so you see more film remakes, like the CG um, photorealistic Lion King remake of the original hand-drawn animated Lion King. Mm-hmm. And I think also with the reboot, you can also include those ones that came back. So, like, you look at the Fuller House and Full House on, on Netflix. You it, That as an extension of the story. They brought it back after 15, 20 years of being off the air. And they're continuing the story mm-hmm. with everyone grown up. I think that that can be kind of lumped in there as well. Okay. I think it's certainly in the, in the discussion. You could yeah. use different terminology to describe it. Like, say, it's a continuation or what have you. But, yeah. You know, it it certainly falls into the nostalgia category. Mm -hmm. So now that we have our sort of basic, like, understanding of of how we're going to be using these terms going forward, let's actually get into the meat of the conversation. Um, So the first question I have for you guys is, is this love of nostalgia a new thing? Certainly not, because I know my mom took us to go see The Lion King because she grew up watching Kimba the White Lion. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that kind of gave her that nostalgia feeling of, I kind of know this story. Mm-hmm. Even though they say that, that Lion King is totally not Kim the White Lion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I would also argue, too, that while I think because of the world that we live in and all of the media that's available, I think that a lot of this sort of feeling of the current generation of millennials are really into nostalgia but I think that's mostly because millennials are the ones right now who are sort of owning social media mm-hmm. and making a lot of decisions because, and, and this is a funny story and I will always remember this is, you know, there was a period of time and I'm totally dating myself that like time life used to have like all of these like time life music collections mm-hmm. and they would absolutely have these commercials that were like, here's all this music from the fifties back when you could sort of like understand like, you know, your role in the world and like everything was great. Spoiler alert, the 50s were not always great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they did that with TV, too. They do that all the time with the Carol Burnett show. Like right. You can see that they, like, sell the collections. Exactly. Right. So I think we're all in agreement instead of saying, like, it's not a new thing. I also think, though, that it's a big, bigger thing now because the difference between... So I'm a true millennial. I will be 35 next week. <laughs> I am a true millennial. When I was younger, things were so, so much slower. And then it just got like the technology boom happened as I was growing up. Uh-huh. And everything has just become so much faster now. Mm, interesting. So, so we have such a gap of we just started getting computers as we were younger. And now our computers are in our hands mm-hmm. 30 years later. Right, right. So it's kind of like a this time when we were younger it was much more simple it was it's amazing what a couple years can do because i'm only a couple years older than savannah but i actually remember using my walkman to go everywhere and Mm -hmm. i remember what a revolution that cds were and then all of a sudden late 90s you get something that you can put in your pocket that has all your music on it and so I, i remember that i remember my mom being super nostalgic for the 80s when yeah. I was a, like when I was a teenager, yep, that was her thing. So I think nostalgia is like not an old concept. I mean, a, a new concept. I think it's extremely old. I think everybody has that moment where they're like, oh, I kind of wish for the things that I had when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So then, other than um, perhaps the change in technology and the sort of advent of social media, do you think there's any other reason, maybe, why we're seeing more of um, an affection? And desire to go back and sort of experience nostalgia? I think it's the time, really. It's really like a time where people are feeling it. It's difficult for many people. And to be able to look back and or share something with your kid that brought you so much joy, mm-hmm. even if it, in that half an hour, that joy that you're getting from that half an hour is a half hour of joy. And then you can turn back to things that are heavy. That's true, but it's not new. Like any generation you go into and say, times are really tough. You know, I want to remember these positive things about my childhood, maybe share them with my kids or just enjoy them myself or see Mm -hmm. them reinterpreted in a way that's for the age and I am now and the time it is now. It's also easier. Yes. Easier to get to those mm -hmm. things now. I think just the, the sheer amount of media that we have now and the amount of access to it. Like streaming services need content all the time. Mm -hmm. So what is easier than to mine 
all this existing old content, either to just throw it up there as is or to remake that. I think that's a really good observation. I think, you know, with Disney sort of like having Disney Plus and opening the vault, right? It's yep. literally a storm of nostalgia that's available because everything on everything that's on there is pretty much the history also of the company. Except we still don't have Song of the South. Thank God for that. That's <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a whole other that's conversation. Yes, that is sort of what should be. We different. And, <laughs> and maybe we will, because Sarah and I have had that discussion many times about what should be done with um, some of those properties. It's like Warner Brothers put a nice big, like, this is the past. This does not reflect our views nowadays. And I think it's going to be a very interesting piece to look at when Warner Brothers releases there. And you know what? Streaming service. I'm going to use this as an opportunity then to sort of get us back to the whole like reboot thing is, okay, let's, let's talk about sort of this nostalgia for things of the past that maybe because at the time we didn't know any better are not necessarily subject matter that should be, in my opinion, widely available without some sort of education around it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we see now, and I'm going to once again, call out Disney are these remakes that they're doing of their properties. And in some of these remakes, what they're also doing is they're sort of going back and they're retro. What is that word? Thank you. Uh, The stories to either fix things that are very problematic Mm -hmm. or as like some people like to claim, make them, you know, more politically correct or in other cases, just fix the story. How do we feel about, about this. This is, once again, it's everything old is new again. This... I've only seen one of them. <laughs> Disney remakes, so I have no opinion on this. So, this is something, we've talked about this a little, and it can it can definitely go either way. There is there is certain thing, stuff in older Disney movies where it's like, yes, if you're going to remake this, you need to address this differently. You need to do something here. And sometimes it's just very simple things, like we were talking with the live-action Aladdin movie about just the the change from Sunday Salam to Friday Salam, mm-hmm. like really simple thing. I don't think there was any intention of being wrong or offensive in the original lyric, but why not? Right. You know? <laughs> but there's also stuff where when you talk about answering questions or fixing the the story, sometimes it can just feel really plotting how they they try to address every question that might come up in an article of our 10 biggest questions about Beauty and the Beast, because yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Like, I didn't need all of these answered, and your answers are just creating more questions. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of times when I feel like that. Now, have any of us actually seen any of the ones that actually go and try to fix past wrong so to speak so would that be beauty and the beast and would that be aladdin it would be let's do yeah let's 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 just say because i don't think and and um, of course we're not going to talk about dumbo because i don't think any of us actually bothered to watch the live action dumbo the ad freaked out my kid so i couldn't really do it even if i wanted to also i just i just had no interest in in that (laughs) um same with Dragon, no desire. I made it yeah. five minutes I into like, that I one. Like, <laughs> I like drunk Mickey Rooney, okay? <laughs> but, um, so let's talk about then, um, 
I guess I will talk about Aladdin because I might be the only one who's seen it. Um, but also, I think Lady and the Tramp is also is a great example, too, of Disney trying to go back and fix things. I recently had this conversation with a friend while we were having tea. And she was saying that, you know, because she has a daughter, she has been watching a lot of these Disney remakes, makes and reboots. And in my moment of sort of like, I don't, I don't say like embarrassment or whatever, but I guess it was more like I had been very anti these remakes until I saw Aladdin and it's not available on Disney plus yet. I know that it's available um, for rental and streaming in some places, but I, well, if I won't sort of, um, eat my words and eat some humble pie on this one is that I actually enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought that Will Smith was a great choice. I think when they let him be Will Smith, he does a really great job when he tries to be like, when he tries, tries to do the same um, pacing as Robin Williams, it doesn't really work and it feels forced. But this Aladdin, uh, uh, while not perfect, did address the, the biggest problem that I had with that movie as a kid, where the answer to everything was that the princess had to get married, right? Yeah. And if she didn't get married, then like, I don't know, the the kingdom would blow up. Like I forgot what would happen <laughs> if she didn't get married. The law just said. said, yeah, they never really yeah. said. But as I sort of got older and sort of more aware of how the world works, I remember asking myself at one point, well, if he's the Sultan and he can just change the rules about her not having to get married and that she could actually just get married for love, why couldn't he also just change whatever rules he wanted and avoid all of these conflicts in general and just pretty much be like Princess Jasmine's going to be the next sultan? I don't know if that was really like a, a huge issue. I think the issue was that he wanted her to marry, a, to get a married. Prince. Yeah, I don't think she had to marry royalty. I don't think there was a law that she had to get married. There he was, just wanted her to get married. No, no there's, there's, a a law. Law. there's a law. There's a law. It's there been was, a while. There's a law. <laughs> and what is implied by that is that if she doesn't marry someone of royalty, then the line of succession would be ruined, right? Oh, That's okay, the yeah. implication. She would no okay. Right. Um, I, uh, warning for spoilers in the, if you haven't seen the new Aladdin yet. Um, so instead of it just being that Jasmine needs to get married, it's not even that, like, she is not fighting against being married just because she doesn't want to get married. She's also fighting against this because... She is a smart, capable woman who has actually educated herself about ruling and about like her kingdom and wants to be the next person in the line of succession. So doesn't want to get married so some other guy can sort of like be in control. She wants to because she cares about the place that she grew up. And I, I was really like, at first I was like, I, you know what? Yes. Yes. Actually, I'm really into this. <laughs> Because the, she's she's played really likable. They don't make her sort of as obnoxious as sort of she comes off in the animated yeah. film. And Aladdin is perfectly happy to sort of step aside and let her be in charge. Um, so aside from my complaints about some of the added songs. <laughs> I have complaints about the songs that are in there. Because I haven't seen the movie yet, but like on, like I was mentioning earlier. Yeah, but I'm going um, to hold this up as like a positive example of like I think Disney got this one right yeah. and it doesn't change the original movie it doesn't take the original movie away from anyone but yeah. it does acknowledge that the world that we exist in right now isn't the same kind of world that the movie, the original animated film was made in Yeah, right because if they made that movie now 
and release that, I would like to think (laughs) (laughs) that there would be more questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the other side of that is the Lady in the Tramp remake. Yeah. So, Tracy, I know that you've seen it. Yeah, and we both had the same kind of concerns and opinions on it. Well, go ahead and and let me... So, once again, spoiler alert, but tell me sort of what your take on on some of that. We'll, We'll focus on the changes. Well, I think the one obvious change that needed to happen, which is good that it happened, is the (laughs) Siamese cat song. Yeah. And, you know, I was actually okay seeing that one go. Yeah. And I think that the song that replaced it is is fine. Was it an earworm and something that I am going to be singing for? No. But that's okay. I think also watching with this with a child who's seen both of them, he actually preferred the song that was in the live action I, I really like the reference to sort of like the jazz age music that mm-hmm. they're that they put in the new movie and I think that that was an interesting choice and I kind of was on board for that the he's a tramp was interesting and I wasn't overly there with that like so the what did they things. what did they change in he's a tramp they changed a lot of lyrics and I did not like, I do, do you remember any examples oh, that you would man. care to share no I cannot I meant to write them down the other night when we were watching it. So, ooh, I don't remember the exact ones, but I also feel like I'm talking a lot. But anyway. He's a tramp. He's fine. Yeah, so. changes a new heart. So instead of the tramp being portrayed as like a cad and a rounder and a heartbreaker, he's referred to as just sort of, once again, a lovable scamp. And like a, trouble, <laughs> and a troublemaker, I think. That's his but, son. I'm like, but this is, <laughs> oh, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. di- <laughs> that's where there's real Disney nerd. That was, the point, that was the point of the song was to to paint him in as this a womanizer, a ver- like a, I'm gonna say it, a womanizer, yeah. a doggy womanizer. Yeah. And here's the thing: is that she's supposed to be warning Lady off from him because of that and I think that it didn't work in the movie because the right. words were changed to the point where it was like oh he's a troublemaker oh that's okay I'm gonna stick with him anyway like yeah no it was it was intentionally changed so instead of him being like I don't want to say like a predator but like you know a problematic person someone who has a problematic relationship with women <laughs> we're talking <Okay>. about dogs <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it's yeah. I forgot even what the what the new wor- words were, but it's it's literally like he's painting more as a troublemaker and not like a cat, like a cat or a womanizer. It's right, like he's a trickster. Softening him a little bit. Right, like like it's kind of like oh yeah, he goes off and he gets into trouble, but we all love watching it because it's fun and funny. Oh. It's, it's 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 so much so that I'm like oh well, if we ever watch this again, I'm fast forwarding the song because I just don't want to hear it. It was a strong song. I was like, it was strong vocal, but the words were off. So the original is, and I don't have to look those up because, because <laughs> I'm me. <laughs> um, also because this is one of my favorite songs from all of the Disney catalog. Um, so the original is, he's a tramp, but they love him, breaks a new heart every day. And they changed it to, he's a tramp, but we love him, pulls a new scam every day. Ew. Right? Like, Boom. I. It's <laughs> not pretty. And. Let's see. He's a tramp. He's a charmer. He's a sly one. He's a ball. He's a tramp. And we love him. Oh, just just don't expect him at your beck and call. Like, it's such a softer <laughs> version of. They sound awkward, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Janelle Monet does a good job with it. But. 
It's, it's really not good. really rolling off the tongue, though I have to be I have to be somewhat gentle with this sort of thing in some ways because as as we've talked about before, all of the existing Disney songs are so ingrained in my brain that I have to <laughs> take a step back on the live action versions and say it is okay if somebody has a slightly different inflection. Oh, or they, they change a note here or there. Oh no, I would actually yeah. say the the singing and the recording like is is great. Oh wait, oh, wait, I have to pull out this other lyric too. So um, you can never tell when he'll show up. He gives you plenty of trouble. I guess he's just a no count bump. Original is, but I wish that he were double. And they change it to, who will ditch you on the double? And and this is once again me wait looking into this more than necessary. But like they've removed this idea that. Women can be attracted to a man who is yeah. trouble, yeah. right? Because this scene is is definitely like this scene is you've seen this scene a million times yeah. with humans yeah. in other films, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what's so clever yeah. about this. You know, they pick Peggy Lee for a reason, but right, like I mean, the, the original song still exists. Didn't make it anything like disappear from my yeah. playlist, but yeah, like sometimes I'm like, is this a little bit of a bridge too far? I, I I just don't care for it. It does yeah. like if someone else prefers this, that's awesome. And I'm never going to say anything bad about Janelle Monae. Yeah, no. Um, gosh, she's so talented. <laughs> I would love to see what she could have done with the original. I think the her singing the original would have been amazing. Well, but, yeah. I mean, and and let's be fair too. Disney probably hired her to do a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And here's what we want you to do. And the the new the new cat song. I guess they're twin cats. Um, is like I said, is is a is a good song. Yeah. Um, is there anything else though from the uh, live action Lady and the Tramp? They did a lot of um, blind casting, which I have no problem with. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind the casting too too much. I think um, I had to look away with the whole real dogs eating spaghetti portion of the program, <laughs> um, just because I was like, I don't need to see this, but but. I mean, I just grew up with the original. I think that one of the things that's weird about nostalgia is you can be super nostalgic and want that back, and you can be super nostalgic and be like, I don't want a live-action version of yeah. the thing I love so much. Very as protective. Like, when I hear Will Smith be Will Smith on Friend Like Me, I don't want it. I want Robin Williams. what I had as a kid. Like, all the extra woos and, like, like the Wild Wild West style of, I didn't need that. And I think where I haven't seen it yet, the only thing I have is when it popped up on my Amazon Music Disney playlist and I listened to it, I'm like, I do not like this. Well, and, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot what these a lot of what these remakes are fighting against mm-hmm. is that little like it's so ingrained in your memory and in your sort of right. It's the back to what Sarah was saying about like an inflection is different, therefore it is bad. Yeah. Um, in some cases it is bad. So it's natural for us to sort of have a, a negative reaction. Yeah. That being said, for me personally, and, and then we'll get back to sort of the thing is for me, it's less about, well, maybe it kind of is. The other part of these reboots is that they're more interested in having someone like famous and recognizable in mm-hmm. those roles yeah. than maybe they were before. So what gets me is that I get real tired real fast of having to listen to people who can maybe carry a tune in a generous mm-hmm. bucket, um, sing songs that were originally sung by people who were so talented that like 
yeah. they were hired to sing. Yeah. yeah. And that's my sort of beef with some of these remakes. Like, I think the Beauty and the Beast live action remake would have been much more tolerable for me um, if the singing were better. Yeah. And in some numbers, yeah, it's surprisingly good. I am gonna I am gonna say that some of them were better singers than I expected them to be, but for the most part, I just I don't like it when they sort of just get through it. Mm-hmm. And I also don't like it when they're trying so hard to get through it that they're not even acting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like for me, that's part of my annoyance with all of these remakes. But that's just I, think <laughs> I think Cinderella is the one I didn't mind the most out of like the list of live action. And maybe if you count the 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, which yes, is my favorite. That, oh yeah, that okay, wait, hold on. I will I, I love will Glenn I will Glenn. hold up a torch for that one because I, I love did like that. 102, is great, girl. 102 Dalmatians not so much, but 101 oh. Dalmatians with her is What's the matter? Sarah's great. making a face. I liked 102. Did you not <laughs> like Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille? <laughs> I thought I thought Glenn Close was all right, but and I haven't seen this movie in since whenever it was in theaters. So, um, so my my recollection may not be great. But this does bring up an interesting point. Sometimes for a remake, the best you can possibly do is say, "Oh, it's as good as the original." Oh, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. Although I guess I would ask the question: Has there ever been a remake that's better than the? Yes. Are we talking about movies? <laughs> Probably. Sure. Muppet Christmas Carol. Is that a... <laughs> I'm not going to accept that one because it's based on a book and there's no one yeah. true version that, true. that you would compare it. The Greta, the new one, is supposedly better. Again. Like one of the, the better, but is it Once again, a book and yeah. a million um, other translations of it. I'm afraid I'm going to have to go back to Disney, not surprisingly, but... Um, <laughs> I actually think that the the live action Jungle Book was really good. Um, I think it 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 did something smart, which was take it in a very different direction. So it doesn't. You're still going to compare it to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. original Jungle Book. There's no getting around that. They want you to do that to some degree. They're making visual allusions. The two major songs are still in there. But see. I would actually even argue, though, that that is not a remake of The Jungle Book. Because I think it's different. For, I haven't actually watched it, so I have to be fair. But, In the Jungle first Book, of all, it's the not the... It's not an original. It's not an original. There was a... No, no. I just mean, like, is is the live-action, like, mm-hmm. quote-unquote animated one a remake of the animated film? I would almost argue that it isn't. It's a little closer to, I think, our definition of a reboot. Yeah, where that's what I mean. Like, I don't think I'd call yeah. it a remake. Okay. I think I think with the live action Jungle Book, you have them taking parts from the the animated film, parts from the book, parts that they just completely exactly say, We're going in our own direction, and the heck with both of these. And wasn't making... there another live action Jungle Book before? Yes, that one? but I I think Mobile it had so I think it had so little yeah. to do with. <laughs> Anything, the book, <laughs> the previous animated movie, anything at all, that it doesn't really yeah. count. So, like, that one's hard for me to sort of say, like, is it a, a, yeah. a superior remake? I'm trying to think, but... I mean, the Lion King shot for shot, the live-action version of the... Because I know you see comparisons all the time online of, like, what it looks like in car animation and what it looks like in live you action. You know, I have, to, I have to confess and say that I have not watched it because 
I have gotten the message from social media and from people who I've talked to that they are so similar that... That's kind of why I shied away from it, too. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, I think that if you're going to do it and you're going to do these live-action remakes of mm-hmm. animated classics, you, you are doing it, in, in essence, to take away this the troublesome portions, as we talked about with right. ladies in the Well, or at the very least, you need to have some kind of new take or new yeah, idea right. about it, as with Jungle Book. It's not that there's so much problematic in Jungle Book that no. it really screamed for a remake just to excise right. troublesome parts of it, but they had a different idea of how do we approach this material and tell this story... Not exactly the same story, but the idea of a boy who was raised in the jungle by wolves and Mm -hmm. these other animals and coming to terms with his humanity and where he belongs in the world. How can we tell that story for audiences of the 2010s? Because that is definitely going to be different, even if you didn't change quite as much between the animated Jungle Book and the live action Jungle Book in terms of how you approach the story. It'd still be different just by the fact of making it now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good point. I think anybody who looks at these these live action ones, I mean, I know I do. I don't want to see the exact same movie I saw twenty years ago. Yeah, and and that I just saw on the Broadway. You know, we just saw the Broadway in Boston version of The Lion King. I don't need to see it again. But if you're gonna take it and you're gonna try and tell the story in a new and interesting way, you might also not be able to call it a remake and I think but that's what I want I mean, if you're going to do a live action I want you to take the story in an interesting way so and you want to reboot me. yeah I want to reboot I think I think there's more room for that with something that's older like mm-hmm. when you have the jungle book you can say stuff like okay we have different approaches to how this works we we think different things about what does it mean to to have a family of birth versus the people or animals who raised you than we might have, you know, 50 or so years ago. Whereas with Lion King, you know, I haven't seen it yet, the photorealistic computer animated one, but I don't think there's much that they wanted to change or say. No. And can I also complain about the fact that now I have to say photorealistic computer animated version? Because it's not, because it's not live action, but there's got to be a shortened way. And and another, and another, actually still on the, still on the subject of Disney remakes, let's take this back a little further. The Parent Trap. Oh, yes. Let's talk about The Parent Trap, because... You have the Haley, the original Haley Mills version, the better version, and Amen, and then the Lindsay Lohan version. And it's true; it's not. I mean, and it's not a reboot; it's a remake. It's a complete. It, it is a remake. There are parts of it that take place at different places than the original, but the pretty much you could take the and there's no song. The <laughs> script and like they took the script. They said, "Let's do this here with no songs, yeah, no let's get together and redo it." With no like the popular actors of the day. Yeah, you know. Mountain Lion was so, that's the best scene of the whole movie. <laughs> and it is, it's like <laughs> popular actors of the day. I had to watch both of those a million times because I would babysit for kids who like them, and I actually have no opinion. 
I really liked the Parent Trap movie, the original Parent Trap movie, because there are many sequels as well. I I actually like the, and rewatched the original, and I love the original. Mm -hmm. I mean, it stands up. I want to go back to sort of a more general take on this, and and one of the questions I wrote for our podcast guide is, like, why do you think that we're seeing so many remakes and reboots, other than the nostalgia factor? Like, do you think that we're out of ideas? I don't think we are, but I think that the people in charge are looking at these movies saying, this made me happy, let's bring it back. And I want to make other people happy with the same thing. And I want to make money. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately you do have to get cynical, because I heard this, years ago I heard this very kind of disturbing term, which was pre-sold property, referring to something that could be acquired that already has an audience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's and absolutely, that absolutely is, true. That is, it's, it's very mm. relevant to the Disney Marvel film, certainly. Mm. Sure. Yeah, the, yeah. the reason they bought Marvel was not because comics is a booming industry that makes millions and billions of dollars. It's because there was a mine. It was because mine. there was a, a gold mine mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. characters to be converted into other media where they could make money with it that people already knew and they knew they liked it and also just so that we're not just harping on disney Mm -hmm. i'm gonna harp on warner brothers with the wizarding world movies right yeah because well i mean here's the here's the thing right and the reason i say wizarding world is because once they finished all of those harry potter films their response to that is now doing these sort of prequels right um Newt's Commander. yeah yeah the the uh, magical beast somewhere to find yeah. them films right mm-hmm. once again they're gonna keep making those movies which are trashed <laughs> continuously <laughs> by the critics horrible i like the um, first one i thought it was i thought it was cute i thought it was clever i just i didn't see the second one mm-hmm just because i i i really really as a harry potter fan I do not like the films, especially the fifth one because it was trash, and it's my favorite book. Uh, so you're talking about the Harry Potter ones, but actually, well, no, I'm saying no, I'm saying I'm saying the Harry Potter movies are trash. But I saw the first um, Magical Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay, and I enjoyed the first one, but I haven't seen the second one just because it, it and it's how I felt about the Divergent movies. I don't care what happens with these characters. Well, we could talk. We, I mean, this is another <laughs> podcast waiting to happen is like how we currently feel about Rowling right now anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah right. That's because uh, her name is Mud right now. And that's a new, that's a new, like, uh, yeah, mind no. you, we're recording this. Yes. In December of 2019. Um, I mean, it's been known, but, but my, my point off. being is mm-hmm. that this studio will continue to crank out these movies. Yeah. Right. So long as there are people who are familiar with it and will go mm-hmm. see them. Because even though I say that these movies are bad, I have seen them. Here's yeah. the other thing, though, taking what Savannah said and not wanting to see it because she doesn't care where the characters go. I'm going to turn to Netflix and say that I was incredibly happy and spent a glorious, I think it's an hour long of my life watching the Rocco's Modern Life movie, which tied up things so nicely for me. Because I watched, like, they have Nickelodeon Rewind, and they had a few episodes on one night when I was sitting up, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh, I wonder where these characters would be, and then I watched, then the movie came out, I'm like, oh, 
here they are, here's where they are, and here's where we're leaving them, and we're leaving them in a better place than they were at during the show. I think mm -hmm. that that was, to me, really, like, fun and comforting. And then also knowing, and I don't know if anyone here has seen it. No? So what's nice is Glad actually worked with the writers and made sure that the neighbor's son, who is now the neighbor's daughter, the, now the neighbor's daughter, that the terminologies was right, the way people were talking was correct, like the, the just making sure that it was one of those things where they were talking about it in a real way, and they also approached how it should be, mm -hmm. talked about how people can embrace and love everybody, and I thought that that was really sweet, and that I saw for an hour. <laughs> um, I'm less familiar with the series. Was it a natural progression that this character so was... I'm watching watching the older ones. You could tell that the neighbor's now daughter was very uncomfortable in their body. Huh. And you could see the little itty bitty things that kind of indicated where this character was going. And it wasn't until hmm. watching the movie that you see and, and you see her and and she is alive and boisterous and happy. And and but her parents can't accept that. And that's yeah. part of the special. And then part of the special is like Rocco trying to help them understand. Um, I'll be, that is progressive. It's really, really good. And I loved it and I cried. And it was so lovely to see these characters that I grew up with in the afternoons with Rugrats and Rocco. So I don't think it's so much that we're out of ideas. No. You know, there, there are new ideas coming in all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it is more that, you know, both as audiences and for Hollywood, both for good and for ill, we're a lot less willing to let go of ideas. Very okay. true. And I agree that, like, not wanting to give up on the ideas, but also we are the generation where something ends and you're like, but what now? What happened to them? I used to do that all the time as a kid watching TV or a movie. I want to see more. I want to see where they ended up. Yeah. Like, if it cuts off and it's that for more adventures and then you're like but, but i want to see those adventures people want to see where characters end up if they yeah. love them enough and like you like you mentioned you, you didn't love them enough at the end yeah. of that movie to and find out what happens. to find out what happens but if you watch something like rocker's modern life or even invaders in which is fantastic and i just watched a few weeks ago like that was what i wanted in my life like i wanted to see where they ended up and i, I was satisfied I am going to take a little moment to do a shout out to Jonan Vasquez because <laughs> if anyone is familiar with his sort of uh, career, I've gotten the uh, impression that he's not, he's kind of a tough personality and might not be the easiest person to work with. So Jonan, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> but um, there was an article that I shared with all of you guys yeah. about um, him actually working on the reboot of the Invaders Sim. Yeah. Um, Enter the Florpest, which, in my opinion, is one of the most pitch-perfect, wonderful, like, I have so little to complain about with that reboot, because, and and this is a criticism that, that he and I both share about the sort of nostalgia thing, mm -hmm. is that I think sometimes the desire to give the fans what they want and yeah. continue with those references has a tendency to result in lazy or bad storytelling yeah. because all of the action has to stop so that you can be like, Hey guys, like 
look over there in the corner. Like, here's this specific reference, or we need to make sure that we do this, like, it's, thing. It's that... I love that he called out Star Wars on that. Because yeah. I agree with his, like, he's like, Rogue One was a wonderful movie, but every once in a while they stopped and said, hey, remember Star Wars? This is from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I, like, think that that is, that is, like, a key complaint yeah. on in some of these nostalgic movies. We're getting a little, I think we're getting ready to sort of slow down, yeah. like, to, to wrap up. But what I want to do is I want to end this on a positive note. So before I ask the fun question, while we're still talking about reboots, I want us to all sort of give some examples of, like, reboots or remakes that we think are um, some of the best things that have come out of this more recent trend. So if you were to recommend people like I'm glad. I'll let you. I'll let you go first, though, because I've been talking a lot and moderating, so I will yeah. let you take it from me. DuckTales. Ah, oh, it's so perfect. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful, and it does do a couple little shout-outs to the original oh, TV show. Oh, it does shout-outs to, like, all Disney stuff. And I think it's wonderful. There's a Country Bear Jamboree shout-out in it. It is amazing. One of my favorite episodes <laughs> is the Darkwing Duck episode, because it isn't like... They're making faces. It isn't like... It isn't actually <laughs> taking, like, the Darkwing Duck story and, like, regurgitating it, the whole idea behind it is is that the person who's played Darkwing Duck forever and ever and ever doesn't want to give up the role to this like newcomer. And the newcomer Oh, you mean because down. they're rebooting Darkwing yeah. Duck in a reboot? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing episode and maybe because I watched it at like 30 at night. But it blew my mind because at the end when he's like, I'm Drake Mallard and I'm like, oh! That show amazing. brings me such joy. Such, I brought it. Poor, poor, I keep Say that Sarah makes faces because I will literally text her <laughs> and be like, I need to talk about this thing, or did you catch this thing? Also, I think so while Miranda's uh, Gizmo Duck makes me very just, precious. Just so we're clear, these are faces of utter joy. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not rolling my eyes in, in, I in disgust, and oh my god, I need to talk to Valerie about DuckTales. I think a little bit is like, oh, here she goes again. And David Tennant and I love is it. perfect. I love it. Oh, yes. Yeah. All, all of the casting is brilliant. Yeah. The way that they redid Webby is charming and wonderful, and I'm so she happy. She remotely is like... No. And the, and the way the they um, redid her grandmother. Oh, my God. I can't remember if I can't remember <laughs> her name. Mrs. B.S. But now she's just Beakley, and she's like an ex- agent for I don't know, she's just amazing she's I want amazing. to see that show I want to see the show of what she was before before this <laughs> like I and then we're getting the Alfred show I mean we gotta get the her show. show yeah we gotta get her show yeah but I have nothing but glowing I, things to say I will say I think so this is a good example of references and I think part of the reason for that is you can completely miss every single one of them and the show will still work. Right. Yeah. You know, you do not need to understand who Darkwing Duck is mm-hmm. before watching the show. It adds mm-hmm. a layer to it. Right. It adds extra enjoyment to it right. if you do. Like yeah. when you but, know who Baba and Trixie are. Yes. But <laughs> it's still enjoyable if you don't know anything about it beforehand. Right. Because it's such, I mean, and it too, it, it's clever writing. It just shows that like. If you want to put money into these things and actually do it, like with really talented and creative people, it can be done. Um, So Savannah, what is your good example? I don't know. I have a good example of a show or a movie. That's been rebooted? Well, so Gem is what I'm going to say. Gem and the Holograms rebooted as the comic. Oh, fabulous. It is 
so yes. Good. We so are not going to talk about the atrocity that was the movie. No, 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 We're no. We're going to talk that. about the, the comic. Is just mwah. yes, yes. It's everything Chef's I wanted and more. <laughs> everything I wanted and more as a huge fan of Jem. Stormer, like, right Stormer and Kimber, Stormer like Kimber. ride or die, like forever. And so, the person that had an seven or eight year old birthday party that was gem and the holograms i was so happy with the comic it left such a good taste yes. in my mouth. it made me happy and, and not not just not just the holograms but the misfits we got so much more with the misfits yeah. too the misfits yeah. were so one-dimensional in the in the in the show 100%. they were just so i was like i love you all so much <laughs> <laughs> and i think also we could probably want Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go into this. I mean, I started off really hating Teen Titans Go, but maybe with a kid that watches it all the time, I find my love of both. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the old one because it's, like, kind of, it's it's the fun comic I want, but Teen Titans Go is that lighthearted, I need to sit down for 15 minutes. It's not all serious. It's, like, what they do on their day off. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe because we were watching it the other night and we were watching the Christmas one where Santa tries to take Halloween... Um, and then they fight Santa. Um, that was actually really delicious. It was. There are parts of it I don't like, because I I do enjoy Robin. Like the run of Robin comics in the '90s was fabulous, and I, he's really whining in that. But I think what they do with the other characters is great. The Netflix Lost in Space. Oh yeah. Just started watching, which my husband and I just started watching again because that is so many reasons to remake a property. Because the original, it is dated. The effects were certainly not there for the time. The robot is fine. We all love the robot. But their alien planet was not the most convincing thing ever seen. But there's a good core idea of you have a family stranded in space. Uh And the Netflix series, the production values are fantastic. The cast is really great. It's well written. I really enjoy it. I'll agree. I, I, it's very good. I really enjoy it too. Not to open a can of worms, but do you think it needed to be lost in space or they could have had a series that had a similar premise? Theoretically, they could have, but there is that pre-sold property. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we, they just called it, you know, family mo- in space. Marooned in space or what have you. Lost in Space was originally supposed to be Space Family Robinson because it's based on Swiss Family Robinson. Mm -hmm. So they they could have called it whatever, but so it's a clever use having that hook to for people to say, oh yes, I know what this is. Yeah, okay. So that's a that's an example of when this sort of trend actually works out to give us something quality. See? So it's not all bad. The characters are there, but it's in such a great space. Mm -hmm. And with that, ladies, I think we are done. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we will hear, uh, I guess you'll hear from us next month. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Valerie here. And on behalf of all of the ladies of Kamikaze, we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard and you're interested in checking out more of our content, you can visit us online at ladiesofkamikaze.com. There you can read our blog, sign up for our newsletter, and if you're in the Boston area, learn how you can join us for our various events, including LadiesCon. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again, and hope you join us next time.